Contracts about to be signed. Contracts about to be signed. Literally. Yeah, literally. Um, so more on that as the the weeks come on. But uh, this week we try to make sense of a scoreless draw at UCD. We'll get ahead to Duffer Shells and Tala. And there's a Tifties hotline for overseas fans. And this one, really, really enjoyed it, Prof. Um, and it's something we did last year. We've got nine brand new callers living all over the world. So... A nice array, a smorgasbord of overseas hoops, prop. I like that word. Smorgasbord, yeah. So last week's show, Dylan Watts and Johnny Kenny's quiz. <laughs> I'm still laughing. I'm still laughing. It cracked me up. Fair play. <laughs> Do you know what? I, I, I spend a bit of time preparing the questions anyway. Um, I was a bit annoyed with the Jack Rory one because... I always make a pool of 20 questions and I felt that some of the next ones were pretty challenging. I didn't expect them to race through the early ones. So there is a nice balance of, of difficult and, and easy and medium. You just didn't hear those. But then when they get left on the floor, they carry over next time. But with Dylan and Johnny, I deliberately picked questions that I knew the answer to. But I had a feeling they wouldn't. Questions that people at home would know the answer as well. Yeah, but it could be on the tip of your tongue type thing. And it went exactly like I thought it might go. I think the funniest (laughs) part was when I think someone got the first question right and Harry was like (laughs) an excited dad to hear his first child. He was like, come on guys. Yeah, He's like, well done. (laughs) Someone actually said that. It was like, it was like a teacher patting the child's head. When Dylan got the exactly, winner. yeah, rough yeah. in the hair, yeah, it was brilliant. Um, yeah, there was a few comments on that about Harry. Yeah, Harry sounded fed up with them when they took ages to get a point. <laughs> uh, Robert Avell said, "I'm on the way to Holt to throw my phone and earpods into the sea." <laughs> um, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> Carol Toner, uh, Robert and Zaggy cancelled the loan deal. Yeah, that 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 did it for me. That did it for yeah. me. I was like, Robert. Um, Someone called a car crash podcast. Uh, <sighs> getting Independence Day wrong. July 12th mm. which is a different event altogether yes Gareth. it's slightly different we won't have time <laughs> to delve into the difference between yeah. American July 4th and 
the Irish 12, you could say. A Photoshop was done, actually, mm. but we will keep that in-house, I think. Yes, so... Um, yeah, and obviously there was some discuss, but probably it was one of the most entertaining quizzes in a in a while. It was brilliant, and in memoriam, my dad as well. So some uh, tear jerkers in there again from the prof. Uh, some brilliant, brilliant stuff. On Thursday, he as he was on our podcast, it was announced that Andy Moyle would step down UCD manager. End of the season. Was there a reason given? Um, I don't know if there was a reason given. No, just said he was going to step down. Um. I know Dave Rogers, it was announced that he would leave from Harps there the yeah. other day. And that said personal reasons. But, I mean, the Harps were second bottom and were supposed to challenge for promotion, weren't they? It's a very, they? very tough job, isn't yeah. it? A very, very tough job. Um, to be honest, when I saw him tweet as much as he did, I thought, he won't last the season. Yeah, it's... Um, a lot of tweeting. I, I don't... Can you think of a manager that tweets? There's a few who have Twitter accounts. Like, actually, Cody O'Neill will reply to someone very very rarely but he's on there mm. so you get a feel like that um, just a correction to last week and I think I've made this mistake before so remind me never to make this mistake again Garrett I said Alan O'Neill won the league FBI Cup and League Cup which is true but another player did it as well Johnny Fulham mm. the reason I keep forgetting Fulham is we won our first League Cup in 1976 and People have obviously heard the seventies show. Do you remember how <clears throat> how young <clears throat> that team was? Yeah. Finished bottom of the league in 75, 76. And then surprisingly, the League Cup was early in the next season. Surprisingly, got to the final of the League Cup and beat Sligo. <clears throat> I thought that was all a pretty young team. I knew Mick Leach was there because he scored the winner. But actually Johnny Fulham was there as well. So Fulham had won the league with us in the sixties. He obviously won the cup with us as well, or he was there for the six in a row. Uh, Mick Leash, though, did not win a league because he only debuted. That in, is such a mad stat. He only Mick debuted in 66, I think, and we won the league in 64. Didn't win again to the 84. Just scored for fun. Yeah. Didn't win a league. Crazy. There you go. Johnny Fulman and O'Neill <clears throat> have the set of medals. Uh, Theo Baker, prof, wearing a <clears throat> Rovers jersey, Kane's new boss. Um, I'm not too familiar with the whole YouTube scene past mm. me boy and I get it's a fully legitimate industry now it, it actually yeah. is where Kane has moved to London to work for a YouTuber so brilliant for Kane and congratulations mm. to him I just I don't get that world no nor do I um, <coughs> it's fully it's, fully relevant and it's brilliant but I just I just it passed me boy but it's notable isn't it when these sort of big personalities actually do wear a robber shirt because so yeah that that popped up in a lot of group chats that um, Theo Baker was wearing the shirt and I was saying yeah that's, that's Kane Hopkins new boss over in London although Kane does not feature Gar in the Tifty's Hotline overseas Ooh. edition because he's only in London what, a couple of weeks now so I'm not re- it's new to him I'm not really interested in his oh, it's been so tough the last fortnight we watching wanna, Robbers on the LOI TV we want to know who's adopted now as well that's <laughs> yeah. it because London's a hotbed of football um, Prof the South Stand Collective a new group has formed with the intentions to improve match day culture and everything else that surrounds Rovers bit of culture for everybody it's, it's a group of like minded individuals with skill sets who want to improve the culture and match day experience for absolutely everybody involved, whether you be a DJ, whether you're a graffiti artist, whether you're a tech design, whether you're anything. 
get in touch with the South Stand Collective. If you feel like you can add anything whatsoever to the match day experience, or you have a skill set or or some sort of talent, if you can fucking juggle plates, do something. Let us know because we want everyone to come together and that make is it. Classic halftime entertainment. <laughs> yeah. So will that's there, what. Will there be free stickers? That's what it's about. It's about making things better at Rovers, match day hospitality, and culturally. Enrich, enriching ourselves bro. love that for culture want the stickers but the South Stand Collective keep an eye out for oh yeah free stickers as well come come see us in Block X uh, the whole of the South Stand we have thousands of stickers to give out for um, promotional use for all of you youngins out there so yeah we are just trying to make things better in and around Tallis Stadium and that's that's all we'll say on a prof but Tifty's Hotline prof it's part one so we asked everyone to say their name where they call them from and answer these questions so number one when did you leave Ireland and why what do you do for work number two number three do your colleagues and friends over there know all about Rovers because of you four do you watch games at home or particular pub put the games on for you A were you where were you for Rory Gaffney's late winner against Shelbourne last season how did you celebrate what are the challenges you faced as an overseas supporter? Number five, things you might cover in this answer. So bad streams in previous years. Watch LOI and LOI TV. RTE international restrictions and missing Rovers live in person, which I think is going to be the big one, Prof. Number six, did you adopt a local club of any sport in your new country? And how did it compare? Number seven, are you happy with the information and the communication from the club, especially if you're a club member? What could be done to improve the overseas membership? Number eight, how has the Tifties podcast helped you stay connected to the club? Or how else do you keep up to date? Little uh, little um, ego belly rub there for us, bro. Yeah, I think eight of the nine actually listened, um, which I didn't know was the case. I just I had a list from ages ago, from last year, from people who I didn't ask last time. And... I was kind of picking people in different sort of parts in the world and all, but yeah, eight out of nine listens to Tifty, so that, that was nice. Who is the first person you'll text back in Ireland when Rovers about Rovers and the games? So it is uh, that's number nine. The Ireland women are one up, prof. It's coming up on me on my phone here. Mm-hmm. Ireland ladies are one up against Hungary away. Uh, number ten. How often do you get back to Dublin to catch a game? And does it feel how does it feel after being away for so long? Number eleven. Did you come home to see us win in twenty nineteen in the cup? Number twelve. Who's your Rovers player of the year? Number 13 was the goal of the season so far. Number 14, what goalkeeper would you like to replace Alan Manis when he retires? And who do you want to become the next Ireland manager? So no shortage of questions there. No confidence in the current gaffer prof. 15 questions. I'm, well, I'm, I'm being sneaky there. There, was, there wasn't a 5A, wasn't there? Yeah, prof loves sneaking well, it in there. Yeah. So we've nine callers split up into Europe and the rest of the world. So you'll hear the rest of the world... Uh, later on this reminds me of the games years ago rest of the world I knew you were going to bring that up and Europe they were deadly they were brilliant and uh, here's part one coming from Finland Germany and Scotland how are you it's Paul O'Connell or Ashbourne and I am recording this piece for Carl and Gary from up here in Rovaniemi in Lapland in Finland just inside the Arctic Circle I left Ireland in November 2021. I was just after having a motorcycle accident a year previous to that. And it made me rethink what I wanted and needed heading into middle age. I was flying every few weeks to Finland at that point to see my girlfriend. And the haul of everything was probably taking its toll at that point. 
So I decided to up sticks and move to Finland and make a life with Mary after we got married. It was very difficult leaving family and friends and rovers behind. But I have many friends up here now. But I miss everybody back in Ireland quite a lot. Very grateful for the WhatsApp video calls and the daily group chats online. A godsend. I work full time in a warehouse driving a forklift for a Finnish company called Norhudro. They're a major manufacturer of hydraulic arms and cylinders for diggers, forest machines, mining vehicles. I work shift work uh, Monday to Friday so I have weekends free which is great for social life and doing family things. Yeah, uh, colleagues and friends over here know about Rovers don't forget Rovers played Rops the local football team here back in 2016 I would still be friends with some of the lads that we met initially in those bars in Rovaniemi at that time I work with a, with a very nice lad who's football mad as well and we enjoy all the apps and the chats especially about the European club games during the season Rovaniemi likes its ice hockey but it's football mad and the locals they all do know about Rovers and remember that toy yeah I have the LOI TV package so I watch all the games at home on the telly box. Friday night kickoffs are at 10 o'clock up here. So it can be a long old day waiting for the Dublin derbies to start, I can tell you. When Gaffney scored that winner against Shells, I was at home here just screaming at the TV. Largely given out in classic Rover style, you know. But fist pumping in the end. It was one of those classic games for drama. Football is always about throwing up that late winner. That can change the dynamic of a season and this was the one that did it. Uh, challenges as an overseas supporter, just basically missing the lads and the games. It's that simple. I follow Rops up here and have a season ticket, but it's just not the same and it never will be. Following Rovers always was about standing with your mates in shit weather, shitty terraces, rusty seats and talking about the week that's been and having a laugh or a good immersive chat about all the personal things that are going on in your life. I miss meeting the lads in the pool before the game and walking up to the stadium. That old feeling when you get to glare the floodlights over your head before you turn that corner. Unmissable. As regards RTE, don't get me started on the GEA restrictions. That poxy black screen with the cannot be shown in your region. I have a workaround, that's all I'll say on that. So I still see the RT and Virgin Media games alongside the LOI TV games. The LOI TV package has improved most definitely and it's very good value for money as you can see all the games when you want. Adopting local football here, as I said before, it's a football mad town and I do follow ups. I've been to some away games as well. The nearest away game would be 90 minutes away. They now play out a tour tier Finnish football after two demotions first was because of financial problems and then they suffered relegation two years ago mad mad to say but they were a victim of continuous fraud by the older chairman soon after rovers played them half a million euros went awol over time agents fees were misappropriated the chairman had a network of colleagues who basically covered for him uh, with that they were rumble last year so there is a case going to court at the moment they don't know whether he's going to be prosecuted or not rops lost the playoff in 2020 to get back up to the Finnish premier but then they announced they had accumulated debts of 600,000 euros so uh, they were demoted again to the tour tier the team is now largely made up of local boys 18 to 22 years of age some some cracking players the season's coming to a close here at the moment club are in the playoff positions so it's been a good year for them crowds are averaging around five six hundred people which is quite good considering the main hockey season has just started uh be happy enough with the communication from the club you know they don't forget about overseas members and you get your vote too yeah the the tifties podcast has helped i listen to a few other podcasts too you get to listen to you lads talk about the goss giving your opinions on the game and things that are going on 
And of course, you get to bring back some memories with chats involving older players and some of the fans too. It's very valuable when you're living in another country to hear this regularly. When I'm in contact with the lads about the Rovers games, the Gary Twig WhatsApp group is a lifeline. It's it's normally hopping on match days and it's a great that some of the lads send photos from the grounds when they get in and uh, during the game and at half time and that. So I get to see what's going on in real time. I'd be lost without it, to be honest. And a big shout out to Dan, Kieran, Derek, Paul, Kev, Keith, Steve, O'Barney, Ryan, Mark and Shane, who runs the supporters club now and doing a great job. They're all a great bunch of lads. You can tell them about anything. Friends for life. I was back in Tala for the European game against French Varus and then uh, was around for the league game against Cork, the badly needed win. Hoping to get back for the last game of the season. So uh, fingers crossed that'll come to pass. It's not every day you, you get to see a foreigner all. 2009, the cup final. I was still in Ireland at that stage. What a Jesus day. Christ almighty. The players left everything out on the pitch. And I think we left everything out on that Harrison. It was an unforgettable day that kicked off everything. Rovers player of the year. Difficult one this season. No real player stands out. Leon Poles has probably been the most improved player in the squad. I'd probably give it to the gaff though. He's put his, his heart and his soul into the season again. He works his arse off always to make himself available, get into space, running off movements, and he's basically run himself ragged. I'd give it to the gaff, I think. Goal of the season so far, I'm going to go for Marcus Pooms' first goal back in the summer in June, away in daily dump against Bowes. It was an absolute belter. Jack Bourne free kick in, half cleared, and it fell to him, and wham, into the top corner. I have a lot of time for Marcus Poom. He has a certain finesse and a creativity on the ball. We've only seen flashes of it. I think he'll come good if we can manage to hang on to him. The initial pace in the league, I think, caught him. Hope we can take him off the loan e-books. Our replacement for Alamanis, controversial opinion, but I thought Leon had played himself into good form earlier in the summer and I kind of justified him staying between the sticks. But what the hell do I know? I think I would have seen grooming him as a successor to Alan. For me, that might be the way to go. Regards other keepers. McGinty fell victim to that magic play into England and uh, I think Maher is as hit and miss as they come, to be honest. Next Ireland manager. I think, for me, it's easier to say who not to give it to. Definitely not Steve Bruce, definitely not Allardyce, etc, etc. I'd imagine Robbie Keane from Maccabi will be tapped up. It's probably the way the FAI will operate. They'll keep their eye on him between now and the end of the year. It'd be a typical FAI move, you know, bringing Robbie home. KOH. Best wishes to you as all. Hope to see us at the end of the season. Hey, it's Sal or SRFC Newbie here. Um, I'm in Germany. I'm calling in from Hamburg, from Altenhausstadt in, in Hamburg. I've been in Germany since 2014, actually. I moved to West Germany in 2014. The idea was to um, just stay for a year and learn German. But um, yeah, here I am, 10 years later. I did learn German eventually, but it took more than a year. Um, I'm now working like for a website company. I just started a new job actually, but I've been an English teacher for a long time and then I worked in admin in a language school. Um, and absolutely all of my colleagues in the past knew about Rovers. Um, and yeah, my friends definitely all know. My new colleagues don't know yet, but I've only worked there for three weeks. I'm sure they'll, they'll hear about it. But I mean, I have friends in, in Hamburg walking around in Love Rovers, hate racism t-shirts who've never been to any football game in their lives, I think. Um, I watch most games, if I watch a game I watch it on LOI TV at home usually. Um, I don't have anywhere that shows the games, I know of a pub that have, there's, unfortunately there's no Rovers fans really in, in Hamburg that I'm aware of, there's maybe one or two but I don't know them. 
Um, Berlin has a good, solid uh, Rovers fan club, like a lot of people in Berlin, but Hamburg, unfortunately, not not really. So I watch most games at home, including Rory Gaffney's late winner against Shelton. So absolutely no interesting story there. I was sat on my couch watching LOI TV. Um, yeah, I mean, that is the challenge, obviously, of being an overseas supporter, is not being able to be at games. That's obviously the, the worst thing, feeling disconnected from the club somehow. Um, streams used to be a huge issue, obviously, not knowing if you could actually watch the game or not, or if you're going to be able to get a, a decent stream that would work. LOI TV has changed everything. It's it's just a thousand times better now. Um, all the indication seems to be that LOI TV is going to stay, which is huge because it's, yeah, if we lost that, well, I just couldn't go back. I think I'd have to move home. <laughs> um, but yeah, I do obviously miss Ireland. Uh, well, I miss Rovers. I don't know if I miss Ireland. I definitely miss Rovers. I did adopt a local team here when I first moved to Germany. I lived in Münster in West Germany and I adopted the local team twice in Münster. So the plan was just stay stay for a year, just go to a few games, but I ended up becoming very invested in the club actually and went home and away basically for three years. I still go to games every now and again. I've been to three this season, I think, already. Two away games and a home game, is that right? Or two home games, ah, three or four. Um, but it's, it's like two and a half hours each way by train and it's a bit expensive so it's, it's a bit of a trek, it's not, not as easy but I definitely go still fairly regularly in Hamburg, I don't follow anyone like... Yeah, I don't follow anyone, I don't go to Hasfau or uh, like Hamburg or St. Pauli regularly but I go to both kind of sporadically when there's a, an interesting game. My friends in, in both camps have remained neutral but I follow my... well I don't follow them but I... Yeah, I go to my local team in Altona that would be the team that I have the most kind of sympathy for. Um, they play in the fifth division, which is a pretty low level football. It's fairly poor, but it's a great, great day out. Like a lovely old stadium, very, um, very historic. Um, you can bring dogs into the stadium. Beer prices are not too bad. It's very like, yeah, that's local football. It's, it's just great. It's a really cool club. Um, yeah, if we're talking about information and communication from the club well as, a, as an overseas member I think it could definitely be better one thing that always seems to be an issue is that when I'm coming home for an away game and there's a, a member's ticket link sent out uh, I just never receive that <laughs> like it never comes through and I think I'm not the only one I know other Rovers fans in Berlin have said the same thing like they don't they don't receive the ticket information I don't know if that's on purpose or not but I always have to get it from someone else which is fine so obviously not an issue but Slightly annoying. Um, there could definitely be more information. We got some information about the academy recently, which was good. But I think in general, there could be more information for members and overseas members. Um, although in fairness, every time I've uh, messaged the members' email address about anything, like email the, the members club, I've been dealt with really quickly in, friend, in a friendly way, so can't, no, no complaints there. But yeah, I think there could be more, more general information throughout, throughout the season. Um, but my main my main information source is talking to people who are at home watching games and, and obviously the podcast as well. The podcast is huge for, for people who are abroad. Um, yeah, it's a it's a big a big resource. Uh, there's not one person who I text like about every game or it's, I don't have any one or one particular person. But I'm in a few group chats and obviously um, that's where where we discuss things around match days. And then there's a couple of people who I text every now and again after games, but 
not not one particular person. Also, some people who are also overseas, so like Sean Fury in Canada, for example, or some people in Berlin. It kind of takes because I know they're watching the game. I know they're not there. <laughs> they're probably sitting on their sofa watching it like me. Um, I man, I do manage to get back semi regularly, three to five times a year, probably for games in Ireland, and then. I normally try and get to at least a couple of European away games. This year, unfortunately, not. But then there wasn't many to go to. Like I missed the first, first few, and then yeah, there weren't any more. Um, but yeah, I get back pretty regularly. Hopefully, with my new job being a bit more flexible, I'll be able to do um, a few more home and away games in Ireland um, in the future. Obviously, I was home in 2019 for the cup final. Um, that was one of, one of the best days of, of my Rovers career and the, one of the best days of my life, to be honest. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I couldn't, I couldn't have missed it. Um, being being in Ringsend after drinking, like drinking in the pubs and drinking um, champagne from from Tesco in the street with people who I've who I was there in 2012 with uh, was was pretty pretty special, pretty emotional. Definitely, I have a crap memory in general for Rovers games and stuff, but that that game just. I can remember so much about that day, um, really clearly. Which is, I mean, it's only four years ago. Well, for me, that's that says quite a lot because my memory is appalling. Um, my Rovers player of the years is Rory Gaffney. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Rory Gaffney. Um, his ability to run with the ball and run at defenders and just cause problems, and I just think he's fantastic. He brings so much to to the team. Goal of the season, obviously. Again, the point about my shit memory here is important, but the one that sticks out for me is. Derry away the first time we played Derry away um, that movement down the pitch where it was kind of passed just really really nicely around the pitch and then finished by Richie Tell kind of flicking over the keeper that's the best goal that I can remember this year um, I, I'm sad to see Alan Manis go I think everyone is he's a, he's a legend at Rovers he's an icon um, but um, I'd like to see Connor Cairns maybe as a, as a Rovers next goalkeeper because he's a, a Rovers fan and he's a good goalkeeper, obviously, but it's just a nice, a nice thing I think to have a, a Rovers fan in goal. And the next Ireland manager, um, I don't care to be honest. He was the next Ireland manager for the men's or women's teams. And I know that sounds harsh, but and I wish both teams the best. I, I watch games every now and again, but I've never been into Ireland. I've never really been that interested. Like, yeah, I hope they do well, but it's it's not something that. I've ever been that into Rovers has just always been the most important thing. We used to say in the forum days, or people used to say um, that they'd rather see Rovers win a corner than Ireland win a World Cup, which is maybe a bit, bit of hyperbole, but that kind of does sum up my feeling about it, to be honest. So yeah, cheers, Gary and Prof. Um, thanks for for having me on, and I'll see you soon. All right, lads. Hope you're well. It's Sevy calling from from Edinburgh, as you know. Um, just looking at your questions here about what it's like watching Rovers from abroad. So yeah, we'll just get cracking. Um, obviously, I left in 2012 and went to Australia. And like I said on the podcast a couple of years ago, that was a that was a that was a big mistake on my part. Um, should never have left, really. But there you go. Um, so I'm now back in Edinburgh. And I'm a I'm a bus driver. I've been doing that for four and a half years. Uh, it'll be five years in February. 
not what I thought I would be doing uh, 10 years ago, but, but there you go. Um, now I've got four kids and they, they need fed, so... So yeah, got to work. Not sure my colleagues know about Rovers through me. It's not something that's ever it's ever come up in conversation. I've had four other jobs since I stopped playing, so if that conversation ever comes up in the canteen, you know, what did you used to do? I just I just roll with either post being a postman or baggage handler at the airport or Labourer on the roofs, so yeah. But my friends, yeah, listen, they they know all about Rovers. They they'd come over me a couple of times a year, more for the nightlife than to come and watch me actually actually play. Um, yeah, they got they became um, rather fond of the the nightlife in Dublin, so. So yeah, they'd come over as as much as they could. So these days, I just watch the games in the house. I've got a fire stick, um, and on that, I've got a I've got an app which which gives you which gives you everything. So so I'm able to watch the games on League Island TV, uh, Virgin or RTE uh, through the fire stick. So for Rory Gaffney's winner against Shells, how did I celebrate? Well, I just watched it in the house on said fire stick and it was a Sunday night. So I celebrated by putting the kids to bed. Nothing nothing too exciting, unfortunately. So the challenges that we faced watching Rovers or trying to watch Rovers from, from overseas or in the UK. Um, so there's zero coverage on British telly on BBC, ITV. So the only chance you'll get is if Rovers are in the group stages. So I was able to see them last year on BT Sport, but that's a subscription service. Um, as you know, you know the game at the lane in 2011, that was on Channel 5. So to my knowledge, that's, that's the only time Rovers have been on free free to air TV in the UK um, RTE always shows or showed um, their live games uh, on their website you're able to watch them in the UK you know, I even watched the 2013 finals um, in Australia so so up until the League Island TV started a couple of years ago RTE, RTE's website was the only way to see live games so I didn't adopt a, a local club, I've always supported Hearts. Um, and last season we got a season ticket. Now that my two two of my oldest kids, they're, they're at an age where they'll, they'll actually sit down and watch the football instead of running about the, the stadium. Yeah, the podcast has been great to stay connected to the club. You know, it's good to listen to former teammates and how they saw things during that, that era when I was there. Um, who's the first person you'll text back in Ireland about Rovers and the games um, I text the lads um, when I was in Australia that you know the initial period when I was back in Scotland as well but you know boys move on um, 
and you know since Brad has been in charge I'll usually drop him a message uh, generally to, to congratulate him on, on winning something um, unfortunately don't get back to Dublin at all these days uh, I've not been there since December 2016 um, I haven't been back to the Rovers game at all since I left unfortunately um, you know, the only times I've been over is you know, nights out with my mates or um, I came over for the Scotland game in June 2015 um, or Christmas nights out with you know, when I was at Livingston, Cowden Beef, we came over for a Christmas night, so it was well. So, just to answer the next question, no, I didn't get back to, to see the cup final in 2019. I was actually at the Hearts Rangers game. We were playing them in the League Cup semi that day. Um, I caught the I caught the penalty shout on the on the bus home on RTE's website. So this year, play of the year, I'd I'd have to say Rory Gaffney. I know he's not scored since since late June, but you know his work rates it's incredible. Um, you know every team needs a player like him. You know I can remember actually playing against him when he was at Limerick. He was he was a pest. Um, goal of the season so far is probably the one uh, Richie Tills goal up at Derry. Um, that was a you know, it was a well worked team goal. You know, a number of passes leading up to the to the finish, which was which was pretty good as well. Um, so yeah, congratulations on the the two hundred and fiftieth episode a couple of months ago. Um, and listen, hopefully the lads can get the can get the title over the line in the next couple of weeks. Cheers. So you've just heard from Paul O'Connell Ashbourne, aka. Prof, where our Rovers' journey for away trips started on the Gary Twig Supporters Club bus. Yeah, absolutely. Him and Dan. What was our first bus? The There's a question. Um, You're going to notice. I would say it was Dundalk, summer 2012. Under, wow. Steve, under Stephen Kenny. Uh, a horrible one-all draw. <laughs> the Prof with the Tifty's bus stats. Yeah. Or the Gary Twig bus stats. Um, yeah, so brilliant stuff from Paul, who we've had on the show in our monthly madness. And mm. um, great to hear him. Talk about the demise of ROPS as well, which I had no yeah. idea about. Um, I didn't actually because I wrote an article about it um, last year. So I was aware of their financial troubles and all, yeah. But Paul went into a lot more detail because he's, he's based out there now. Fascinating stuff from Paul. Hopefully his uh, chocolate addiction is being <laughs> satisfied over there. He was always a devil. Yeah. Remember the live show, him and Dan, and uh, you brought loads of chocolates. Oh, um, we were actually eating during the show, which I'm sure was horrific for the audio. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So we didn't do that again. Um, we've Sam Ledbetter from the well I don't think he's in the ultras anymore I just have to correct myself there I always say he's in the ultras I think he's taking a step back but so Sam Hamburg in Germany um, have a lot of Altona stickers that he sent me over and the 5th division club great little setup. they've DJ boots they've beer gardens they've bars brilliant brilliant setup. 5th division Germany and they're absolutely class Sam's a great fella Three involved years. in loads of initiatives got to do with Rovers and do, certainly does his bit from abroad I think he's um, had three years he went from home and away didn't he Sam is the ticket poster boy do you know when the ticket link goes out yeah. and there's someone holding a scarf and they're going Ooh, looks like they're singing Pavarotti oh is that him that's Sam 
That's why every time the ticket link comes out, I send it straight on to him. That scarf is deadly. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like a silky one. Mm. So, Sam, great stuff from Sam. And Craig Sibes, a former Hoops defender in Scotland. Um, This was a bit grim at times. Especially the first minute or so. The first minute or so, I was like, wow, this... He's not, he's not a happy man. Well, the whole point of this hotline is how Rovers fans cope with not getting the live experience and how they follow us from abroad. I wasn't expecting Sibes' inward journey of how he became a, a bus driver. The inward contemplation <laughs> yeah. is what got me. Like Great fella and yeah. a great interview again. Though. Well done, I mean, it, he mentioned the, the interview we did him a couple of years ago, so I think people are aware. And Remember Dave Dunn randomly running into yeah. him? Remember CV recognised Dave, not the other way around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely brilliant stuff. So um, great lo- great um, line up there, Prof. We will have yeah. some more to come. So that's just the European, that's the continent uh, edition. So we'll have uh, sort of America, Canada, Australia, all sorts later on. Um, I'm not sure if it was in this one or later, but in some of the answers for next Ireland manager, did you notice it was hatred for Steve Bruce? Um, I... <sighs> Like he might, he was mentioned a few times, I think. What? Why is he being? He can't get a job anywhere else. Why would he? But he is the sort of name that gets bandied about it is, every yeah. time. It is. Yeah, there's it's a crazy. vacancy, and here's something. Just, just an excuse to bring this up now. Um, one of these sort of cultural facts. Um, so I'm, I'm reading from an article from Boz.ie number of years ago. Did you know that Steve Bruce wrote a murder novel? This is on rice territory. <laughs> Steve Bruce wrote a murder novel. What's the name of it? So I'll read from the article. Oh my god. So it goes. We have the piano music. Bright red blood on the knife blade. The knife in my hand. Duffy's dead body stretchered out on the locker room floor. Oh, it's football related? Yeah. And with such drama begins Striker, the first novel by football manager and actual published novelist. novelist. Steve Bruce, written in the first person, Stryker puts the reader in the shoes of Steve Barnes, manager of Letters for the Town, a small but historic club hoping to rise to the Premiership from England's football second tier. But there's trouble afoot. Barnes finds young Irish striker Pat Duffy stabbed to death in the changing room, and, becoming suspected of the murder, spends the rest of the book struggling to clear his name. In an odd move, he decides to do so by solving the case on his own. Despite A, the police already being involved, B, being himself a suspect, and C, his having neither the expertise, training, nor free time available to investigate a murder. This is actual what they wrote on, uh, about the book. Yeah, this, this is a real novel. On, on his quest, Barnes encounters gun-toting Irish thugs, disgruntled baby mamas, and treacherous heavy, heavily armed coaching the staff. The word baby mamas is said. Yes. Not to mention a gay nightclub-owning drug dealer with a glad eye for middle-aged football managers and a thrilling top-of-the-table clash between Lettersford and Fulham that's washed over by a rogue sniper intent on killing our trusty hero. Dream team. <laughs> it's dream team. Yeah, Mitzi was going on about dream oh, team. Dear, no, on, no. Uh, on the bus to Derry. He was just pointing out how no one just leaves the club. They always have to die. It's dramatic, yeah. Yeah, and, and he was like... I mean, and when a player looks to sign for them, you'd think they would just stop going there. Because <laughs> everyone dies in grim ways. But anyway, this, this continues. Uh, this is the fizzling geezer of hot nonsense. 
that is Stryker. Written in 1999, Stryker is generally regarded as the best of Steve Bruce's novels and certainly the most readily available. Harper Lee has famously only published one novel in her lifetime. Well, she can eat shit because Steve Bruce has published three. Having said that, no copy of follow-up Defender! Exclamation mark, all caps. Has yet been detected on Amazon or eBay. While putting a hand to Sweeper! Will cost a truly dedicated masochist... Exclamation mark, I'm a, a, a sanity warping £70. Even the book's front cover could itself be a topic for a long detailed discussion. On it we see our Stryker himself, Pat Duffy, face down and bleeding on a drastically awful photoshop representation of a football pitch itself so poorly scaled as to render him roughly 40 foot tall yep uh, interesting like, it's now my goal to find out more football yeah. novelists I did read out passages from Alan's book before on Rise's book so yeah I'm happy to read out passages from this from time to time but there you go Steve Bruce wrote a novel, I wrote a novel. there we go prof you're gonna uh, someone's gonna spend 70 pounds <laughs> it looked good ho- propping up a mic um, so yeah prof moving on to the actual football nil all draw UCD ball um, a surprising draw to okay. say the least um, yep yeah, really surprising um, starting lineups off five changes from the team to face Derry last week and Sean Hoare came into the side to replace Lee Grace along with Neil Ferrugia Trevor Clark Dylan Watts Liam Bord came in for Finner Cavo Poom and Richie respectively so changed a changed lineup, which I was totally confident in to be honest I thought it wouldn't be an issue here at all but um, for all of our first half possession it was a no I mean the changes I had no issue with one of the back three Getting the rest and Sean Hoare coming in. I actually thought Sean Hoare played pretty well I until think his forty-yard shot miles over the bar, and then flying into a wild tackle in injury time, costing I, us two minutes. I until think we we'll need him though. Sorry. We yeah. will need a fit Sean Hoare in the running, and it's hmm. it's got one eye on the prize there as regards to keeping him fit and match fit. I think it was probably the, the right decision because hmm. you don't want to have Sean Hoare coming in possibly unmatch fit. Is that is that how you hmm. say? It? And when you need him, you know what I mean? I was actually having a horror on the ball most of the game. But actually, Dan Cleary probably saw more of the ball than anyone on the pitch. And well, I, My love for Dan Cleary as a footballer is it's it's unfounded. He's such a good footballer. He is, but in this game... I don't agree. All his, po- all his crosses were poor in this game. I don't think so. I, I, thought, I didn't I, think he was I, terrible now. So. But he, you can see why I like him as a defender. Oh, I do. Yeah. He's, he's a protruding, penetrating mm. centre-half. And he asks questions. But why were why was Cleary and O'Neill our playmakers in this game? Like it was just those two on the ball, mostly Cleary. So UCD this actually relegated UCD. So they took a bit of a scalp on their way down, you could say. Um the gent who's with me at this game. It's kind of a tradition, me and the gent go to the UCD ball now every season. <laughs> um he got the programme. Uh you remember I reviewed all the programmes? Yeah. in the Did summer. You see bottom? No, no, shells were bottom because they don't even have one. They just have oh, a just have a PDF. I have drugs for drugs for a second bottom. Actually, at UCD pretty high. I gave them six out of ten. Um, did a long interview with Anya Garman, which is pretty good. And yeah, ran into Patohi and no surprise, Gar. No surprise. He says he's not feeling the beard. Ah, of course. <laughs> so, so between him and Paul, uh, 
absolutely two after, peas two peas in the pod after, there absolutely reassure me that the beard is fantastic uh, once again remind me that the seats uh, at the UC the Bowl can uh, feck off they are the worst seats you know of what, any venue you know what you're doing wrong there, in the prof. country yeah be the hill hoops get yourself onto the hill do they think my back is like seven inches <laughs> I want back support what? yeah they are actually very. why yeah, is it a yeah. half seat um, I, I've actually been forgetting to enter the golden goal I don't know why I haven't done it in a few weeks and then I saw you put in the last the last call for it it was very late I think it was like late af- mid afternoon maybe half five half five ish yeah, yeah half five and I said oh yeah well no, I'll give it a go I'll try it's a true on me fiver Gareth Charles back the PDF away to you to now in the end, we didn't score a goal. <laughs> but I open up the PDF. The 52nd minute he gives me. And I was fuming. And then, when the second half started and there was no goals, I was like, let's just hang on to the delete, 52nd minute. Delete, delete them. Then the floodgates will open. It'd be grand. Because the gent had 50. So we were we were watching the clock very closely. <laughs> you do, don't yeah. you? It was like, there's 300 quid in the line here. I, w- um, I don't think I had... Um, a rollover for UCD away on the bingo card anyway. No. So there's a double pot this week. So everybody who entered shells gets redone and then the extra one that's getting done. So there's going to be a few quid to be won. Yeah. For all you hoops out there. Uh, Davey. You know Davey the Rovers. Yeah. Ultras Davey. Yeah. Um, he sounded a bit off. He sounded terrible. Um, Almost like it was actually a 10 year old boy who was doing it instead of Davey yeah, at the UCD bowl. Um, the goalkeeper, um, got his name now. Is it Moore? Moore, yeah. Um, I think he went to the Conor Curran School of Time Wasting <laughs> because he was starting it very early. Um, possibly the highlight of the night, considering we drew nil all with eleven leaving Sir students, uh, was possibly uh, the sixty seventh minute, because I wrote down my notes here. There was someone behind us with a Vuvuzela, and he used it a few times. An actual Vuvuzela? Yeah. I never actually saw it, so I think it was a Vuvuzela. sound like it. And so, yeah, a little over 20 minutes left. And it was just one of those... It was just the absolute wrong moment to do it. It was one of those attack, attacks that frustratingly broke down and someone shot over or something. And the whole crowd was just like, oh. And next thing... And someone just goes, Fuck off! <laughs> Frustrations running high and then a vuvuzela is in your ear. Never heard a man so angry at a vuvuzela. Uh, uh, the cold was well and surely back here. Starting um, the creep in, prof. Yeah, I think a few people around me were like, were shocked at how cold it was. Um, so yeah, for all our first half possession, Gar. Yeah, um, nothing came of it. Second half, prof. Two subs, green around for Watts. And Nadge on for board with five minutes to go. So the process well, was obviously trusted here. Well, the first half we had, Frugia had a chance early on. Like Frugia was, he was good in the game. He was dangerous. There was a couple of moments he was a nucky that he actually slipped when he was in the box. And it could have been a goal or he could have set up a goal. Um, But yeah, didn't result in, in uh, was taking the lead. Gaffney had a couple of chances, I think near the end of the half. Um, The header that went over? Yeah, there was a header just went just over, just a yard over the bar. And there was another one where he was unlucky. The heel of a defender just took it off in the last minute. So, yeah, 
second half, um, a lot of people were unhappy with our set pieces because he rested Poom for the game and Dylan Watts came off. So after that point, Berkey was on the corners and they were they were they were disappointing. Like Mousem didn't beat the first man. So that's really frustrating when you like you know it's one of those nights where you need a bit of magic. Either magic or persistent momentum, good deliveries and we didn't have the good deliveries. That was just one of those nights. It was one of those nights, prof. But Swings and roundabouts, prof. We'll talk about your results in a while. Um, Are you serious? You're leaving it there? No, no. But there is swings and roundabouts. Um, but what do you think? I, th- I thought we like like we just didn't have to cut an edge. It's just one of those nights. No cutting edge at all. I was disappointed. Trevor Clark. Why didn't he run at the fullback more? And when he did, he ran up on the wrong side. Or I felt like there was space for him to run into. And he just wasn't really going for it. He would I, turn back or. I'm I'm not too upset with it. I maybe would have been if results didn't go our way. I will talk about that. So I mean, that's that's what I'm. I'm ultimately not too upset about it. You know what I mean? I mean, we're blessed with not only the Sligo Derry result, but the Monday one as well. Um, so chances second half, yeah. Clark had a header. Gaffney the rebound. The ball was hacked away. Greener had the side net, and mm. Bert had a shot that was kind of straight at Moore. So it was obviously backs of the wall stuff for UCD, but I mean, they held us at bay, and it, kind of, it was one of those nights where we could be there now, and like we wouldn't have scored, really. And it was <laughs> remarkable to watch. Um, we just I, needed something to unlock. Them, I know it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't happening. One went in, then the floodlights. Our floodlights. The floodgates would have opened. Let's be honest. Yeah. But the stats are damning. I mean. Because UCD is only third clean sheet of the season. First since April. We had beaten them 15 times in a row since 2014 until this. Um, in terms of the fans' reaction post-match, it was a bit of a weird one because there was a bit of more, it was more anger towards the ref, really, than the players. It was, just, it was just sort of like the whistle blew and it was it was neither silence nor abuse. It was just sort of a you know, disgruntlement vibe. So I wouldn't say it was bad, Ren, but yeah, it was mostly at the yeah, ref. Pe- pe- people are going to be frustrated though after a game like well, that. What I didn't like was fair enough to full time whistle. People are frustrated, but I didn't like the sort of the 60, 70 minute mark and the crowd are really getting negative and on the players' backs because they remind me of Drahada away nil nil. That was a horrible vibe in the stand. Like yeah. the player, we were. Every misplaced pass. Now there was a lot of misplaced passes that that day. Jeez, that was yeah. I remember that yeah. day was terrible. Well, that neg- that negative energy doesn't help, does it? It's not, but it's, it's human nature. It's human nature. Unfortunately, some mm. people are just built like that, and um, yeah. it's it's not me. My glass is mostly half full all the time, prof. But people felt we were trying to walk the ball into the net. Um, it was one of those. But um, but yeah, once again, our rivals don't capitalize. And we're, we're obviously looking at the, the scores and we see Derrier down to 10 men. We see Pastor down to 10 men. Sligo will get a winner. So Derrier lose. So that that helped <laughs> leaving the ground anyway. That we'd actually increased our lead. We increased our lead with a draw. Point of points, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Ryan Legrew, I've never seen a man so angry 
after a I match. I told you, you should have done a prag on him. Remember? Th- this was... Just kick him out of taxi. <laughs> <laughs> That's dumb, but this time he was sober. He's not, a goner. Or, not hung over. Um, yeah. Well, the, the angriest man I've ever seen after this draw. Um, Poor El Grusio. Yeah. 1-25 to win that one as well, Prof. That's... Um, cue the endless amount of random gambling trolls online abusing every possible well, aspect of rover social media <laughs> yeah there was one there was one mad one hoping that the players um, basically lost their lives in some sort of plane crash I won't read that out word for word there was some accusations of match fixing there was one from Noel Byrne not that one spelled B-E-I-R-N-E he goes the scourge of match, fi- match fixing is alive and kicking at the highest level of Irish football. This wasn't just one of those free games. Anyone who was at the game could see that there was an effort by a number of the players to force this. At UEFA, please investigate betting patterns in this game. <laughs> uh, there's some head cases out there, bro. So, yeah. Um, just reading a couple of comments from, from the groups, like Ben Stafford. He sort of... I like when Ben post something because it's not it's not that often he's, he's always on the money and he's sort of highlighting their performances against the lower teams this season um, the Drogheda's etc well obviously to another rings ender to sort of balance that point Mooner says this team always shows up in the big games yeah like Brady Blick at home that was the first time in years that these players didn't perform in a high stakes game yeah I think so, yeah. there is a little bit of a pattern, especially away from home, against the so-called weaker teams, where we have played poorly. Yeah, we've... So uh, it was one of those nights again. Some, some, I'm sure you have some stats on the prof. Um, I will do later on. Um, yeah, I mentioned Poom, and I would have just brought on Poom for the set pieces. Why not? We only made the two subs, Green and Nash. Um, 81% of yeah, 23 um, shots to one, prof. 5-0 to zero on target, so... Total domination, just weren't able to capitalise on it, unfortunately. It actually felt worse than the... Every time I come here with the gents, I tell them... I said, I have seen us lose at this ground, Kieran. And he just... It's almost like he doesn't believe me. I'm like, no, no. The year was 2013. The manager was Trevor Crotty. We're beating 2-0. You're you're talking about... I'm talking about the other 3-2. What's the 2-0? We lost there under Trevor Crotty. Oh, yeah. It's... it's, it's, uh, You're talking about the... 2010 title run in yes um, Bocker and Danny Murphy sent oh off oh my god what crazy game Dan- of football Danny who we interviewed a few weeks back um, if we had a scored <laughs> do you know the way we normally win comfortably at the ball say we had scored late you don't normally like s- celebrate a goal at the UCD ball you would have though yeah it would have been the wildest celebration at that, at that ground since 2011 when we, uh, oh, when we, when we clinched the league, with, Dean um, Kelly. Dean Kelly. So, so we felt that had let Pats back into it because they had drawn on the Monday. And of course, they ended up um, losing to draw on the Monday. Kevin a very good coach. So, I mean, Drogheda have scored some unbelievable goals. I saw a thread on Twitter today about all the goals that they've scored this year. They've scored some stunning goals, including in Tallaght. That one against Pats. Dale Rooney, that's, that's the goal of the season contender. 
it was nuts. A lot of people have already picked it. They've I, said that I, is I genuinely couldn't believe it when I saw it. I like jaw dropping stuff, like brilliant. No, it was sensational. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so prof, we're going to talk about other results that ultimately we had a couple of favors done. So draw the nil, bows nil. Shells two, Cork one. Shells are the form team at the minute. Mm. We've been discussing that. Pats three, Dundalk one. Uh, not looking good for Dundalk prof out of cup and then getting beaten again. I don't think Stephen O'Donnell is going to have any much much luck. And well, they recovered uh, on Monday with a convincing win. Yeah, over Cork. Well, okay, I think of the people in the LMS picking Rovers. <sighs> just thinking it's just an absolute. Thinking it's an absolute certainty. Do think- you know why I didn't pick Galway because I thought. They're, they're two nailed on. I say Kerry will get something out of this and it'll drag on. Live on TV as well. Ugh, disaster. Oh, hang on, Kerry, were you. Were you, were you knocked out of the LMS was, by yeah, picking bro. Rovers away to UCD? I yeah, I was. Were yeah. you eliminated, Kerry? Another couple of dozen <laughs> people who went tragically out of the LMS, so it's down to a few now. With Sligo obviously doing us a favour up in uh, the showgrounds and um, controversial goal. But uh, we'll take it. We'll take it all day long. Yeah, controversial as as the Derry Twitter account put it. Official Twitter account. The official Twitter account said this for their update during the game. Sligo hand the ball into the net and go in front. Uh, it was it was debatable. It's debatable. But Monday, prof, we passed. just before Monday. At this point now, shells had leapfrogged bows into fourth place. I know. So as things stand. Bows are not qualifying for Europe having won the league in April. And I think they won a server station as well, do not they? Mm. Um, yes, yeah, so Monday Prof, Pats, Andrade, um, they struggled. Pats struggled, but Andrade, very well drilled, worked really hard. Another red card here, was there? Two red cards, Mulraney and Sam Corris. So two red cards down mm. to nine men. Um, Dundalk, Tonkin. Cork at home Cork having some issues with their mm-hmm. supporters as well it's really sliding rapidly downhill for Cork and Bowes won Shelbourne won in the North Dublin well not the North Dublin Derby sorry the um, you could say the North Dublin Derby but well, I'm thinking both. of them as a shell as a, as a as a rings end team so yeah one all in that one the shells were in front of that one stage and people were the panickers let's say had already said if Shells had won this game and Tal on Friday, they were announcing them as title contenders. Just looking a bit far ahead, but they, I have some stats about them in a while. They are, they are in good form. Let's just one game at a time. That's the mantra. That's the mantra. Don't look forward. Uh, Robbie Keynes, Maccabi, Tel Aviv v Breedablick three one. Klaxvik. Lost 2-1 in Bratislava, having taken the lead. Mm-hmm. Vladimir Weiss again, prof, the troublemaker that he is. He's always scoring, always scoring in Europe. He yeah. rubbed it in when he scored in Tala, if you remember. Somebody actually tipped Robbie to be Ireland manager in the Tivoli's hotline. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. No game for Rovers women's team last weekend. So, next up is Wexford away, a tough one. Down with uh, a nice drop of wine in the wine bar, prof. I yeah. think it's gone now. The women's team were hammered in Wexford in the, the All Ireland Cup, although Cody Ped sort of an experimental team that day. Um in the league, in the reverse fixture in the league, Rovers beat them two one. Very good result. I think that was a Wednesday night game. Maybe Tuesday night, midweek anyway. So we have some women's Ireland under nineteens games on the last week or so. 
So we had the likes of Aoife Kelly, Leo Leary, Joy Ralph all playing in those. Um, Summer Lawless and Eva played in both games, uh, Northern Ireland and Wales in Wrexham on the Friday. And uh, you just updated us on the women's res- women's score there, Gary, the senior side. Yep. Um, Two 0 now, Prof. I don't know if Savannah is is she on the bench or what. I don't know, I don't have that in front of me, but we have uh, interesting one. Go on. At Lansdowne Road, Dan Cleary is on the PA. Our Dan. Our Dan. Our Dan so, is on the PA. Congratulations, Dan, going yeah. upwards. They must have heard his dulcet tones. So our regular match day P announcer, Dan Cleary. Yeah. Well done, Dan. Best of luck. Um, and on the big screen um, for the Ireland game, we have Thank You, Anya O'Gorman. 119 caps. So her international career was uh, recognised. Excellent stuff from... Um, now, as it stands there, Prof can't see Savannah McCarty. So 2-0 though to the ladies. So they're flying at the minute. The results from the academy, Prof. The men's under 19 stage a remarkable comeback from two goals down after 15 minutes to beat Bowes 3 2 at Tala Stadium. An absolute humdinger of a game, Prof. This win keeps Rovers' hopes of winning the title very much alive. And the 17s beat Watford 3 2 at home with a keen Dylan Hattrick. And the 15s drew 1 1 with the Bowes. And the 14s beat Bray 1 0 at Rolston. So a very, very eventful weekend in the Rolstone, Prof. 2 mm. 0 to beat Bowes 3 2. Excellent stuff. Yeah. Two two balls games there, yeah. Uh, Pathlin booked at uh, I don't know, was a daily mount, but away to balls anyway. So nothing, nothing changed there, girl. Yep. <laughs> um, the women's sides, the nineteens, were playing in Wexford, but it was actually abandoned at half time because of heavy rain Ooh. at Ferry Carrig Park. And the seventeens women's another balls game. This was on Friday night, same time we were playing UCD. They got a, they got a good one nil win. Excellent stuff. Away to balls. And our 2010 group, they travelled to London on Sunday where they had a successful day at the Crystal Palace Academy playing against Palace and QPR. Excellent stuff, Prof. So forming football friendships as we go on. Um, yes, so Prof, next up, part two of the Tifties Hotline. We have fans from America, Canada, two in Australia, one previously in Vietnam and another one in Mexico. Yellow. How are you doing, lads? This is Jared Coppinger following the hoops from Cleveland, Ohio. I left Ireland in 2006 to get a degree and play college soccer over here. I have a great job. I work for the University of Akron to play Division One NCAA college soccer, along with being a regional scout for the U.S. youth national team. Sharing the Rovers' love with colleagues and friends has been pretty easy. Um, I watch most of the games and work with a couple of friends and get it on the projector and put it in the office and, and watch all the games. There's loads of challenges being an overseas Rovers fan, but none more than just seeing the same faces every week, home and away, watching Rovers. Um, over the years, it's it's gotten easier with LOI TV. Personally, for me, I'd pay whatever it takes to, to watch the games. That's It's easier being a Rovers fan watching the streams than it is watching live score. Um, you know, I, I still always say thanks to thanks to Dunster when I see him at games for what he did for SRFC TV years ago in the Twiggy era. Um, and uh, always be grateful for that, for him and Rennie for putting that together. It was only 
Mickey Mouse compared to what it is now, but it was still the start of, is it realistic to make this happen for the league? And uh, we'll always be thankful for, for that happening. Um, LOI TV has definitely made it easier being an overseas League of Ireland fan. No question about that. Um, I do, however, think it has made things easier for younger players in our league to, to go abroad, especially to Italy and uh, even in the coming years to America. I know there's people over here that are taking interest in our league, not just in Jack, but in, in other players. Despite watching a lot of MLS games and going to going to numerous games, I don't really have a team. Um, I got more into the NFL and support the Cleveland Browns than I did pick up an MLS team. I think the one thing Tifties has done for me as an overseas fan is you feel like it's still connected, you still get to know the players, whether it's through the interviews or it's through, through the quiz. Um, to me, that just gives you a feel like I know players, I know I know their personalities. And uh, something that we never really had as a fan, um, other than seeing them put put on the short every Friday night. Um, and I feel like that's something as a fan that I enjoy anyway. It was a number of years between Michael O'Neill and Bradzer that there was no feel between players and fans. There was no love, there was no connection. And uh, I feel like the podcast has done a, a great job of just connecting those two and making, making us one again. The first text on a Friday home will always be to me dad. Uh, usually rings me when he gets to the car after the matches and we talk about talk about it. Um, then like any Rovers fan, everyone has their groups and friends that they would have went to games with. And uh, there's always somebody talking shite and that too. I usually get back for a game or two in May. This season I got back for Dirty Away and Bowles at home. Uh, both wins and obviously two massive games. So... Um, I think the one thing that's a little different about when you're overseas hoop and you come back for a game, you celebrate goals a little bit more, just knowing that you might not get that feeling again for another another while. So um, that dirty away trip this year, getting to spend that time with me dad, stopping for chips in Emmyvale, just uh, brought back some good memories. There isn't a feeling like it in the world celebrating Rovers moments with people you love all around you. I didn't get home for the cup final in 2019. I was on a Route 66 trip with some friends. And after getting home for the cup final in 2010, I thought I might have been a jinx. So um, I was kindly told to avoid coming home for this one. The amount of Rovers fans that say that that was one of the best days of their life does make me wonder if it was the right choice or not. I think it's hard to look past Gaffney for player of the year. Uh, we're just a miles better team when he's playing than when he's not. He's easily the best striker in the league. He's going to be a tough player to replace of all the players that we might have to replace at the end of the year. I think if Gaffney leaves, it'll be the one that hurts us the most. Might be a bit biased because I was at the game, but I'm going to go Richie Tell's goal away to Derry as a goal of the season. The build-up play, a couple of cross-field ball switches, and then the finish, and then the celebration, it's just hard to look past that one for me. I'm not really sure who I'd like to replace Alan Manis, to be honest with you. I think he's been a great goalkeeper and servant for the club, and uh, one of the best we've ever had, but I think the standard overall in the league is pretty poor at the moment. I think the best we can hope for is Ed McGinty coming back to the league. Um, if you had to pick someone within the league, 
the money was no issue, you'd probably take Connor Cairns. He's been probably the most outstanding one this season. As unrealistic as it might be, I'd like Graham Potter to be the next Ireland manager. Um, unfortunately, I think somebody like Chris Hewitt or Steve Bruce will end up getting it. Thanks for having me on the show, lads. Keep on helping. Hello, my name is Anto Abbott. Um, I live in Halifax, Nova Scotia. I'm originally from Kulak. Um, I left Ireland in 2010. Uh, my wife uh, got a transfer from work and wanted to move back home, so uh, I got dragged along. Um, I work for a company called our electronics so we sell electrical uh, components it's uh as dull as it sounds uh i i'm trying to convert everybody's slowly but surely over here to rovers so i've got a couple of friends that are um that are into are, are into rovers there's another guy i've got a friend i've got called derek who's actually a bose fan so uh, it's nice to have a bit of banter with, with him every time uh we beat them so um i watch the games at home or at work on my work computer um trying to get the pubs here to put any sort of game on is tough enough um so unfortunately the league of ireland doesn't uh stand a chance so um for rory gaffney's late winner against shelbourne i was uh at work um and i tried to um not get fired <laughs> but <laughs> so it was very hard not to like scream my head off so yeah that was uh that was that was fun. Um, I was big challenges uh, as an overseas supporter. Um, it's just trying to get access to the games. You know, like having to pay for the stream streaming services, stuff like that. Um, trying to get past RTE's uh, restrictions are tough. Even with a VPN, it can be quite hard. Uh, Virgin Media is easier to get around. Um, but yeah, it's uh, you know the, the price of and the quality of. Uh, what, what the the streaming services are the same as what you pay f for most stuff over here anyway so it's definitely worth it um you know nothing beats actually seeing the games in person but it's the next best thing uh we've got a local club here called the halifax wanderers um they play in the canadian premier league that started five or six years ago now so it's a fairly recent league uh, they play at a temporary stadium uh downtown so um they're in the process of trying to get the city to build them permanent stadium um because right now like we sit on metal seats and uh there's no proper toilets it's all part of bodies and stuff so yeah um i run a podcast called the down the pub podcast which kind of follows the, the wanderers uh your podcast keeps me connected to the club but also keeps me connected to dublin like i just love the the banter on the show and stuff like that and just hearing the the dublin accents kind of just uh gives you like a little little taste of home so uh keep up the great work um the first personal text back in ireland is probably my dad because he's a bose fan so i like to usually wind them up so um yeah that's my dad uh, i get back to dublin uh once once a year usually um obviously with the pandemic like knocked like three years out so uh, i got to go back for the first time last uh, october i was able to pick up a game i went to um to see the draw the away game which was was pissing rain so <laughs> it was <laughs> it was a good time um and then this year i got to go back in june and i got to go to the bows game in dahlia which was which was a lot of fun too so um i didn't get to see the cup in 2019 uh rowers player of the year probably uh graham bork or rory gaffney i think uh goal of the season uh mr kenny's goal against bows that the third goal i thought was a great finish um i don't know like it's it's gonna be really difficult to replace alan alan man it's not too sure uh, who 
yeah like who you'd go for like i mean like we're going to need somebody who's experienced so do you try and grab somebody from from england who's a little bit towards the end of their career or yeah it's kind of a tough one um i, I don't really know what's on my head who i'd go for um who do i want to become the next Ireland manager uh stephen kenny you know uh i really don't know that like you know the problem is is like the people that you want to do it like won't do it because obviously we don't have the money to pay for it so it's you know and then obviously the names that get mentioned they're always the same fucking shower like it's always uh like steve bruce or something gets mentioned or whatever like that so yeah it's uh i'd like to see how robbie Keane does actually in in israel if he makes a good go with it i'd like to see him him become the manager i think he would because he's got the Big big game experience. He's kind of seen it all. So um, yeah, Robbie Keane. There we go. Um, yeah. So like, keep up the great work, lads. Really appreciate everything you do. And uh, as I said, it's always nice to hear a bit of banter from back home. And uh, I'm, I'm losing my Dublin accent, so you guys help me uh, keep it together. So uh, <laughs> thanks, Mill. Cheers. How are you, lads? This is Alex calling in from Melbourne, Australia. Um, I left Ireland in 2019, and then I got to go home around 2021 due to COVID, but I've been back out here now a few months, come out around the start of July, currently studying over here. Um, yeah, a lot of my friends and colleagues over here do know about Rovers. Um, a lot of them have even bought merchandise, which is good. And uh, Do I watch games at home or in the pub? Um, I watch games at home mainly due to the time difference. The majority of games kick off around three or four local time over here, so meeting at a pub is not really an option. In 2019, we just before COVID lockdowns, we did have one or two meetups in one of the pubs, which was good crack. And um, so yeah, if the kickoff times are more favourable, it would be nice to do it again. And um, for Gaffney's late winner against Shells last year, I was actually back at home, so I was able to be in the south stand for the game. So that was good crack. And um, challenges faced as an overseas supporter. At the start, the streams and RT restrictions were a nightmare to deal with, because um, you're relying on VPNs and dodgy betting streams but thankfully since the creation of LOI TV it's been a lot easier and seamless to be able to watch the games but the odd time to do forget to turn the stream on and you miss a minute or two of the first half or second half and um, have I adopted a local club over here yeah I go to Melbourne Victory Games the standard's decent um, but realistically nothing compares to being able to be back at home with Rovers um, am I happy with the information and communication from the club and what could be done for overseas members. Yeah, I'd like, honestly, to have some form of update particularly aimed at overseas members once or twice a season, even at the start and towards the middle of it, to give an overview of what's been happening at the club. And I'd also like a way to purchase digital programs because that's one thing I do miss from being at the games is being able to get the program and read it with a point. Um, Tifties is handy to keep up to date going on to the club. It's good to hear the crack that's gone on in the South Stand or at away trips, even though it does kind of make you miss the games. Um, who would I text first back in Ireland? Uh, my mate Shane is probably the first one I text, either that or post into one of the WhatsApp groups, which are normally fairly lively after games. Um, as I'm in Australia, it's kind of hard to get home to games, but when I do get the chance, it's always a nice feeling to walk into Tallah Stadium and see familiar faces again for the first time in a while. Um, for the 2019 cup final yeah i was able to get home even though i'd only been out in australia for a short while it was something i had to get home for and i wasn't really going to miss um player of the year uh probably gaffney or grace and i'd lean towards lee grace just because i think he's had a superb season defensively 
Um, goal of the season would probably be Poom's strike away to balls in June. Um, who would I like to replace Manus? Out of the league, no one really jumps out, but if I had to pick one, it would probably be Shepard at Dundalk. Um, and to replace Kenny as Ireland manager, uh, probably Lee Carsley seems to be the favourite. So, to be honest, anyone that's better than Kenny. Cheers, lads. KOH. Hiya, my name is Shannon O'Grady and I currently live in Perth, Western Australia. I um, left Ireland exactly a year ago this week, did a little bit of travelling first and then moved to Perth last November. Um, basically left Ireland just to travel the world a little bit more, see different places um, and live while I'm still young. Yeah, so, so far so good. I'm loving it now. Took me a while to get settled, but um, yeah. I'm I'm enjoying it so much more now. So summer's coming too. So I'm I'm happy. Um, I currently work for an Irish car company. Uh, I started about five six months ago. Have me like group of friends and work and have me work routine. So I'm loving it now. I um yeah I constantly constantly talk about uh memories from at home and what I used to do on the weekends and Friday nights in Tallaght was is one thing I talk about and remembering Dublin derbies and then growing up and going to football games with my dad and yeah it's still talking about it. I'm going home in two weeks time so talking about the the games I'm going to get to see while I'm home and hopefully by then we have the league one Um, I currently watch games on LOI TV but I don't watch a lot to be honest with time difference I'm seven hours ahead so when games are kicking off at quarter to eight at home, it's quarter to three in the morning here. So I've done one or two. I've done the two Bowes games, actually. So um, I'm not going to lie, I don't do them all. I like to have a, a lie on on a Saturday morning. I don't really want to be getting up at quarter to three to watch a game every week, but shouldn't be saying that, but I am. Um, at home, I would have watched the games in Tally. I would have went with my dad, um, especially as a child, was at every game. And when I got a little bit older and became a teenager, it stopped a little bit. But the last year before I moved out here, I made sure to do most games um, just to basically it's making memories with my dad. And yeah, that's what we we enjoy doing. Um, challenges faced overseas for me definitely would be the time difference. And not it's not the same. Obviously, nothing's the same watching on TV. But when you're watching at like 3 a.m. and you don't get the result you wanted. It's not the best start to your Saturday morning, but time difference is the biggest, biggest factor. And then the atmosphere is not the same watching Dublin derbies and watching big games and watching them win or European games. It's, it's just not the same. Um, I currently follow Perth Glory over here, another football club. Something to watch other than Shamrock Rovers. Um, one of my friends, best friend, Alan, our boyfriend plays uh, for Perth, so we go to see them. I'm, I'm sure everyone knows him as Aaron McInef. Um, so, yeah, kind of support him over here because he's an ex-Rovers player and would know him from at home and stuff like that. So we do that. Yeah, season's starting in a few more weeks, so that's going to kick off again and another Friday night game to watch. Um, I'm constantly keeping up to date with Shamrock Rovers on Instagram and facebook and getting to see photos and the team lineups and stuff like that and yeah it's really it's good to keep me informed and 
see results i usually wake up during the night and would go onto instagram half asleep to see what what the scores are and who's starting and stuff like that i am um, i'm home yet in two weeks and i get to i'll be home for the draw the game pats game and the court game so i'm gonna go to trade in with my dad and hopefully we we have the league one by then how's it going carl ross here as you know, I'm home now, so I'll try to answer these as best I can. Uh, yeah, I suppose I left Ireland just to experience living abroad and doing a bit of travelling. So I moved over to Vietnam, to town about 15 minutes outside of Ho Chi Minh. Um, I was teaching over there, so teaching this was the equivalent to first and second years here. Um, do my colleagues and friends know about Rovers? Yeah, definitely did. I played a bit of football over there and the lads on the team, they probably would have just had like a Premier League team and that, but... Um, a few of them definitely got uh, interested in, in Rovers after listening to me harping on about them. Um, they would have joined me for a few of the European games on the Thursdays and stuff, so it was always good crack. And then some of the students as well were football mad. Um, I remember bringing them in a, a Rovers jersey and they were buzzing with that, so God knows where it is now. Um, generally though, games would be kicking off about 2am over there, so... Yeah, I used to just hook up the laptop, um, the TV in the apartment and stay watching it. Or else I was just wrecked. I'd, I'd watch on the Saturday morning uh, without knowing the score. Um, so it was the great thing with watch LOI. Um, Gaffney's goal against Shells. Yeah, I remember just the last 10 minutes of that being bonkers. Um, probably woke a few people up with the screams. Like, but yeah, it was savage. Um, challenges for an overseas fan. To be honest, I was pretty lucky in that. Uh, had yeah, as I said, watch LOI, like they had all the games, so didn't really have many issues other than just missing being there. Um, I know my brother is doing a lot more traveling than me. He had to go to um, some maddenings to to watch Rovers in the past. So yeah, no, I can't can't have too many complaints. Um, no, I didn't adopt a, a local club. Um, as I when we went traveling a few months in South America before I came home, and I got to a few games over there. Uh, one in Colombia, and then. Got to the Rio Cup final in uh, in the Maracanã. It was just absolutely insane. Um, between Fluminense and Flamengo, and yeah, just went into the Fluminense end because Flamengo were red and black. So I just said I go in there, and they were two 0 down from the first leg, and Marcelo scored a cracker. He ended up winning four two on aggregate. It was just unbelievable. So yeah, Maracanã as well as in Rio Stadium. Yeah, the podcast definitely helped me stay in touch with what was going on at Rovers. Uh, would have listened to it in some strange places when I was away and got me through some long bus journeys, so thanks for that. But I uh, know it's just it's just a great way of keeping in touch with what's going on at the club. Uh, would have texted me, Dad, my brother, um, about the games and any Rovers-related news would have been on to them. So. Um, the, the cup final, yeah, I was home for that. It was before I left, so... Um, yeah, just a, a great day for any Rovers fan. Um, yeah, my, one of my earliest Rovers memories was the 2002 Cup Final. I was only nine. I just remember being absolutely devastated. So, yeah, wouldn't have thought it would wait that long now to see Rovers win the Cup. But, um, in fairness, some people had to wait even longer. So, it was just a, yeah, an unbelievable day for for everyone. Um, hopefully, uh, we'll be back there again next year. Um yeah, player of the season for me would be Rory Gaffney. Um, I think he's he's fairly carried us in uh, some games this year.
he's just he's just an unbelievable player. He has it all really up there. Uh, so yeah, it'd be, it'd be gafty for me. Um, in fairness to Clark and Ferrugia that they were looking really good before they got injured. So hopefully now they're back, they can get us to the four in a row. Uh, goal of the season for me would be Tell up in up in Derry. Um, I think he uh, I think it was probably the performance of the season from us. Um, and obviously yeah, it was a great team goal. So I give it to Tell. I think. Poom striking against balls as well was was up there, but um, to place big Al, I, I I don't know, no keeper really springs to mind to be honest in the league. Um, so yeah, I don't care. And Weston was was linked for a while. I don't know what the latest is there, but yeah, I don't know. It's a really tough one. Um, hopefully, yeah, uh, they have someone um, in mind, but I, I just don't know. And uh, next our manager, um, I probably. Maybe Chris Hewton would be the safe bet, but I'm not sure. Yeah, don't know if the FAI have much budget to bring anyone big in, so um, I don't know. Hopefully the, the qualifying draw is a bit easier next time around. Didn't think we had much hope in this group anyway, so um, yeah, I'd probably go Chris Hewton, but um, I'm not sure. All right, I think that's everything, lads. Um, thanks, and keep up the good work. Keep on hooping. Hello, Tony Wilkes here. Forever a Shamrock Rovers supporter since the day that I was born, uh, it just it, it grows in the family. Um, when I left Ireland, I left Ireland. I, I moved to Mexico in nineteen eighty six. Um, I came to to Mexico, watched nineteen games with my father John, and the World Cup, uh, including the inauguration and final, and, and uh, many Brazilian games, etc. But what a, what a World Cup. And so I've been here since. Um, I, I started working for Verlitz, an international uh, language company, and I was with there for 20, 27 years. And I used to drive my colleagues crazy on Monday morning, letting them know how they're overseas, especially if, we, if we'd won, and more so if we'd beaten balls. <clears throat> oh, watching games at home or um, in, in the pub or... Uh, watching the games has always been difficult, you know, because of the the lack of um, internet and and and. But nowadays it's a hell of a, a lot easier. I can watch games. I can see Rovers on on um, RTE uh, player. I can see them on uh, League of Ireland uh, uh, football. So thankfully, I was able to watch. Uh, Rory Gaffney's late winner against Shelburne last, last year and celebrated from two o'clock in the afternoon uh, until until the, the late evening, definitely. Uh, you know, the challenges of watching football overseas, not easy, uh, especially, you know, the time difference, you know, uh, watching games at two o'clock in the afternoon is difficult because of work-related uh, issues, um, etc. But I try to watch as many games as possible. Um, I'd love to watch <clears throat> more games of Rovers in, in live in, in person be, because it's, it's not the same on TV but, um, but I accept uh, whatever is best for me and that, that is watching games on, on, on over the internet especially uh, my local club is America America is one of the biggest uh, teams here in Mexico who regularly have 100, 110,000 people, uh, supporters watching their games. 
they've won 14 uh, titles in, in uh, since the 1950s so uh, they play uh, at the the, Amer uh, the Stadio Azteca which is my 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 favorite place to be especially with it being uh, with so many memories from from the World Cup Uh, the information provided by the club and over the internet and the podcast is really so good. You know, it's, it's, it helps so much for uh, people like me living abroad to keep in touch. Um, when Rovers play, the first person that I'm in touch with is my, my godson, uh, my father, uh, by text or just a quick phone call to, to Just to, you know, to, to, to chat about how they did, how the game was. And especially if we had had a, a favorable results, it's, the, the, the phone call can go on for a long time. And when I'm back in Dublin, I try to catch uh, up as much as possible with, with, local, uh, with the, my local Rovers friends and, and try to get as many games in as, as possible. Um, the 2019, when we beat Dundalk uh, in penalties, uh, <laughs> definitely uh, it was difficult to watch because um, so, many, so many people were... Uh, had their expectations high and it's been so long since, since we won the FA Cup. Uh, thankfully, we got across the line and it was a great result. My Rovers Player of the Year this year, Pico Lopez. I think he's been an outstanding performer and he's, he's such a professional. Uh, goal of the season, I'd say, for me, and maybe not the best goal, but one of the most important goals, Ronan Finn's recent goal against uh, Bowes. And the most likely keeper to take over from Alan Manus, I think uh, Leon Puris, uh, uh, Pauls has has definitely the the, the the ability to do it, and uh, hopefully he gets a, a good uh, good chance, a good run run at uh, proving what what he can do. Uh, the next Rovers manager, next Ireland manager, uh, why not Stephen Bradley? Okay, take care, um, and. Hopefully, uh, Rovers continue along the, 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 the line that they're taking and uh, we win the next four, four in the row. Take care, Rovers. Bye. So you've just heard from Jerry Coppinger in Cleveland, Ohio, USA. Anthony Abbott in Halifax are all friends from down the pub pod. Nova Scotia, Canada. Alex Irwin in Brisbane. Shannon O'Grady in Perth, both Australia. And Ross Cunningham in Vietnam and the Wilkes in Mexico so you remember his interview on the show from last year one of my favourite ones Prof it was brilliant mine too yeah I really enjoyed that one um, and I was staying in uh, Mexico after the 1986 World Cup Jerry um, fierce fierce criticism of uh, any goalkeeper ever quite the goalkeeper critic in the last man standing chat goalkeeper grouch you could say goalkeeper but, uh, grouch but yeah no good to hear everyone Uh, from all parts of the globe. Uh, great geographical spread, wasn't there? I think we touched every continent except Africa. <laughs> I was only going to say that. Yeah. So we need to get our, our uh, Ugandan yeah. hoops up and running again. Yeah. Uh, CB called Gaffney a pest. Yeah. As a defender, I understand a, that description. A pest. Yeah, super. Yeah. Super description. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, Shannon and her dad, Git O'Grady, they're currently persuading McAniff to come home. <laughs> That's it, yeah. From Perth. Um, so yeah that was nine 
hoopers from abroad. We did it last year. Excellent spread of just brilliant thoughts and match day rituals about how people actually do their thing when they're not in the country. It's yeah. But it's a hard, it's a hard transition, I'd imagine. Vietnam, that was a random one. Yeah, um, they said the photo in of all the kids holding up a photo. Uh, yeah, a Robert's jersey was gas. Uh, last year, I can't remember how many we had in. I think it was maybe we split it into two parts, and it was, I think it was maybe over a dozen we had in. One of them was our, our pal, Eamon Mack from Livermore, California, U.S. of A. Eamon's home for shells as well. Yeah, speaking of Eamon, he's home. And he's got us some uh, Ramones type T-shirts. They're absolutely class. So uh, he's sorting out the the pickup. In uh, is it the Maldron he's doing it. In? He is doing it in the Maldron. If you have ordered your Ramones slash Rovers T-shirt, which is part of the South Stand Collective, come and find us in the Maldron. Mm. Amo will dish out your T-shirts for you. Mm. We'll have stickers as well. Loads of stuff to give out. And once again, proper culture. I will be uh, rocking this shirt in work. Uh, it next is week, very I think. cool, isn't it? The people in work have already seen my love rovers hate racism shirts. They've already they've already seen all my Stuart Lee shirts, Gareth. So, so keep an eye yeah. out. We will be producing these as a collective. More to come. Some very very cool designs. And once again, if you feel like you can offer something, or you can contribute to the group, or you want to be a part of the collective, we are totally totally open and inclusive. It's not a click. We want to make sure that everybody feels wanted and is involved in match day hospitality in every way possible around Rovers. If you've got a talent, like I said, let us know. I'm getting in touch with the South Stand Collective. What was the original name of the South Stand Collective? Girl? There was a few names bandied about, Prof. But was there? Yeah, we won't, we won't get into that. We won't get into okay. that. <laughs> there was, uh, yeah, so that was the um, 2D Top 9 fantastic stuff for Prof. Here's with the stats. There's a mathematician, a different kind of mathematician. And a statistician. Stato! Stato! Well, I will not mention the last time Shelburne defeated Shamrock Rovers. Yeah, in case things... Well, you've touched on it, Prof. ...go badly next week. So, yeah, I won't be held responsible for that one. It does feel like they're the worst possible team to play right now. They're unbeaten in nine league games. Um, they did go out of the cup. Um... Or actually, I think it was nine going into Monday, so ten now. Um, so one loss in fifteen league games, only lost twice since April. That's a big one. Yeah. Um, our last three meetings with them have been draws. As yeah, they've obviously all been tight games. They're the best defensive record in the league. Second fewest losses with five after us with four. Uh, we have a major, major. Uh, potential appearance milestone by a player on Friday so I will leave that for post match it's a big one um, could have happened Friday or could have happened in UCD but uh, he didn't play um, here's one here's a bit of a negative one um, I was thinking like because we're not, we're not playing away again now until Cork on uh, the 23rd but we are nine competitive away games without a win I only copped this the other day. Why, bro? Because um, we're playing at home next. doesn't affect Friday. But our last away win was 3-0 in Sligo. Manifesting all sorts of things here. Our last away win was 3 win in Sligo. 3-0 win in Sligo on June the 5th. Uh, so in those nine games... That was away, a great game, actually. Away from home, we have scored five goals. Two of them penalties by Graham Burke. Prof, with the stats, you're going to get yourself banned. Yep. Uh, the record... 
run without an away win in the Tal era had been seven at the start of Trevor Crowdy's reign in 2013. And in 2018, under Brazzer, that one ended with a 2-0 win in Limerick. Remember Graham Burke's farewell? Ah, yes. Um, the league's had a record of seven, currently six, so we haven't equaled that one yet. Same periods of time, 2013, 2018. Um, do you remember going into Cork with three red cards in May? Do you remember what run we were on before that? Away from home. Was it? It was good, wasn't it? We had won five in a row away from yeah. home without conceding a goal. Yeah, I remember. I remember, remember thinking that. It was Bowles, the Dock, Derry. We were swanning in thinking this is grand. UCD, I think, was in there as well. Yeah, and, and then, then we lost, then beat Sligo, and we haven't won away since. So, yeah, nine is the worst run since April 2009. That's combined with the end of 20, 2008. So, it's two seasons. Um... There was another run of 9 in 2004. If we did 10, it'd be the worst since 1992. So, Prof, um, what is that? That was a few more. Oh, Prof's coming. I mentioned earlier that we had beaten UCD 15 consecutive times. And that run came to an end. Yeah. Um, I actually had an article about this in the programme in the summer. Um, that was our joint fourth best win streak of all time against one club. So that's level 15 is level with Atlone. The biscuit makers. Oh, here it comes. Atlone 1969, that was also 15. Uh, Galway 20, which is still going to present day. Uh, or you jumped ahead there, sorry. Dundalk 16 to 1957. And Jacobs, the biscuit makers. <laughs> 22 consecutive wins until 1932. The biscuit um, makers. Yeah. And a quirky Neil Frugista. He has scored three goals this season. What do you think this is? All away? No. Oh. Against both. All against both. <laughs> ah, there we go, prof. Not a bad one. It's a good one, yeah. He's been very effective in fairness. Two um, very similar headers as well. And... <clears throat> Dylan Watts and Dan Cleary have not scored a goal this season. I thought that was a strange one. Um, you know, Watts is normally good for... Yeah, same with Cleary. Cleary came in and steamrolled yeah. a few goals for a while. Yeah, so Watts um, hasn't scored since Wayne Sligo, October 2022. Cleary hasn't scored since Pats in the same month last year. Gary O'Neill's last goal was Scooby in August last year. Sean Gannon hasn't scored since Strahd in the Cup. August last year and Garrett when do you think the last time Sean Kavanagh scored a goal for Rovers oh, I know this a free kick I know this go I on don't, hit me. don't think it was a free kick no yeah he scored a free kick in his debut I think was it? go on was I know it? it it's going to kill me when I hear it was it Cork away he scored early on that season against Cork, yeah. Then he scored again against Waterford. But his last goal was Strada in the Cup. 4-0 win, August 2019. Ah. So there you go. Four years since Cavo scored. There you go, proper little bump. A little podcast bump, hopefully. And finally, um, who do you think has started... Every, the only player to start every game since Pat's away. Uh, April 21st. Carry on now. No. Gr- Dan Cleary. 
No, he is a defender. Oh, so sorry, what did you say? The, uh, only, only player to start every game for Rovers since Pat's away oh. April 21st. Oh, go on, hit me. Pico. Pico, I, I, I thought, yeah. I didn't think of that because I thought international break. Okay. Yeah. Next best is Cleary, actually. 15. Yeah. Had a Cleary was up there already. There you go. Oh, yeah, so that's profit the stats. But up next, we start 11s. Our predictions. <laughs> So, Prof, starting levels of predictions, a new twist on it. We can get one sent in every week now. So, this one, it's a. They've wanted to remain anonymous. This is a fan sending in their starting elevens. So, from now on, send them in. Send them into our socials. Want to get your starting elevens in? We'll how, have do we, how do we know who to slate if uh, they're anonymous? Uh, this one is, but the next ones won't be. We'll. Uh, we might get a little prize involved there as well. So, to say if he drops Berkey and then Berkey scores a brace, we need to. Oh, they'll be slate. We need we, to slag him. We will. Yeah. We will, but this one will be anonymous for the first one. So they've gone with Manus, Cleary, Lopez, and Grace. They want Clark on both wings. No, not sorry, Clark on both wings because he's not Padre Damn. Pio. That'd be impressive. Clark on the left, Rouge on the right, Gary O'Neill, Tell, Pum, Gaff, and Bork. So they're going for three midfielders, which worked well a couple of times, uh, which means one less kind of type of winger up top. Mm-hmm. So uh, the prediction they have gone with is a 2 1 win. A very very tight and tough two one win. The shells have proved to be very very tough lately. So, I um I agree with this uh gentleman or or lady whoever has sent in the the eleven. Um, I think we do need Poom for the set pieces. I think it's important. Um, and obviously yeah, bringing Grace back in for Hart. So yeah, I'm gonna agree with that eleven. Absolutely, Prof. Now we prediction. Go prediction. Shells. Every Shells game against Dover has either been a draw or we've we've got a last minute winner. With one exception, remember we scored in like the first couple of minutes of the game? Right. And that just threw their game plan out the window. Yeah. And we won 2-0. That was the only time we beat them by more than a goal. So, I think it's going to be tight again. I'm going to say 2-1. Oh, 2-1. Good stuff. So, we're about looking at wins here, Prof. So, that is it for this week. We will see you on Block mm. X. Come get your stickers. They will be located at collection points mm. all over the main stand, the east stand, the south stand. Mm. Get your south stand collection. Are you still stand collective stickers? Out for free. We're not trying to make a book out of this. We want to just give them out, stick them all over, tell it, let's get it going. It's our last game for three weeks. No game, three weeks. And then Brothers, three and one. Brothers talking about arranging friendlies in the meantime. But then, um, there you go. We'll have Aussie Nate in the south stand in his protective boot. Yeah. Shout mixed emotions. <laughs> Five weeks he's walking around with a broken leg. Made a steal, the man is. Um yeah, so that's it. Um we will see you on Block X. Keep on hoping. See ya. All my bags are packed, ready to go. I'm standing here outside your door. I hate to wake you up to say goodbye But the dawn is breaking, it's early morn The taxi's waiting, he's blown his horn Already I'm so lonesome I could die So kiss me and smile for me Tell me that you'll wait for me Hold me like you'll never let me go Cause I'm leaving
hate to go There's so many times I let you down So many times I played around And I tell you now They don't mean a thing